Hello? Wow, Madam President, so nice of you to call. I wish it were under better circumstances. Our satellites have picked up something strange. I swear, I was just Googling it for the articles. No, it's not about that. It's something else. Something from outer space. Whoa, cool. Brad, the President found something in outer space. Awesome! I'm patching Brad in. Ugh, fine, patching through. What up? Brad, we picked up something on our satellites. Hey, I specifically checked to see if that was legal or not. No, no, it's not that. We need your broadcasting prowess. I told those SOBs at the FBI I was done. Please, the fate of the world is at stake. Gentlemen, what you're about to hear is classified information. In 14 days, an asteroid, 10 miles wide, weighing 500 billion tons, is set to collide with Earth. This rock is equivalent to a 10-mile stretch of Alaska. That's the size of a 10-mile stretch in California. Or a five-mile stretch of Pennsylvania glued to another five miles of Antarctica. That's right, Brad. Icy, cold rock. When this thing hits, it's extinction time, baby. For who? Everyone. Tidal waves, dust clouds, a new ice age. I'll watch it. They wouldn't keep making them if they weren't good. There's six billion people on the planet. Why'd you call us? We're bringing in the world's best deep core podcasters. So, of course, we need high on film. From Los Angeles, California, it's High on Film! Tonight, we've got Jen Murray and Armageddon. If it works, the two of you are going to be heroes, just like me, on tonight's episode. This is the way the world ends, not with a bang, but a podcast. Welcome to High On Film. I'm Chris Maxwell, your host, and welcome back after a brief two-year, three-month hiatus. Uh, Lots to catch up on, I'm sure, but before we get to any of that, uh, we must get to the man right to my left, the podcaster of disaster, and the Brad Davis that God gave us, my co-host and friend, Brad Davis. Here we are again. Hey, Brad. Hi, Chris. It's... I can't believe we haven't seen each other in two years and three months. Two years and three months. We needed time apart. Yes. We, we had a big falling out oh. and had a lot of reconciling to do. Boy, so much reconciling. And our love of uh, podcasting about movies brought us back together. As, as it always does. As it always does. High on film, sobering talk about movies, a comedy film review show. Welcome, welcome, welcome. We decided to return uh, because much like the... Ghosts that walk among us, we had unfinished business. Right? Yes. Right, Brad? Yes, that's exactly what we agreed on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> exactly. We always wanted to do uh, what we, I guess, what we call fraternal twin films. Yes. We wanted to cover these movies that are uh, movies that are made uh, about roughly the same subject, released by different studios, and released around the same time. Uh, I think perhaps no better illustrated than our subject today. Uh, a movie that I, I think helps helps define the genre of blockbuster, the, the category of blockbuster movie, Armageddon from 1998, written by uh, let's see, story by uh, Jonathan Heinsley and Robert Roy Poole, which has an adaptation by Tony Gilroy and Shane Salerno, and then the screenplay by Mr. Heinsley and J.J. Abrams. Of course, directed by he of the Aaron Burr Got Milk commercial and the I Would Do Anything for Love music video from Meatloaf, 
Mr. Michael Bay. Oh, Michael. Oh, Michael, Michael Motorcycle. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's got a thing for gearheads and, and gearhead pinups. Certainly a fetish of his. Yes. Yeah. Yes, as we see in all of his movies. Yes. In addition to him being a known asshole. Isn't that he fun? is. That yeah. is fun. I'm glad we based a big thing of our podcast on this asshole. Well, <laughs> I, mean, I think we need to get some to talk about this movie because it's a, it's a miracle that it's watchable, <laughs> I think. It's, it is way more entertaining than it should have ever been. Yeah, the the sum of its parts uh, creates a greater whole. Is that what, what's how's that phrase go? Something it's greater like than the sum of its, of its parts. parts. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I don't. That's not it. But yeah. it's something like that. This movie creates a huge hole. Yeah, <laughs> that too. Yeah, literally, literally on an asterisk. Uh, yeah, it's true. <laughs> uh, okay, let's stop once again. Yes, because there's something else we have to do, and that is introduce our guest. Every week we have a guest. You know, in the past, they got to pick the movie, but Brad and I, we've had enough of that. We said, you know what? No more. Fuck that. We're picking the movies from here on out. That's our favorite part. And curating it. Actually, we're going to do uh, a format that usually has at least two movies, maybe three, maybe four movies at a time that have uh, some sort of through line or thread. So that'll be fun. That's, that's the future of High On Film for you. And to help us with this very first fraternal twin pairing is uh, creator and star of the That's What She Said sketch show, a stand-up comedian and returning high-on-film champion, our friend Jen Murray. Hello! <laughs> so good to be back on the podcast! <laughs> uh, so great to have you back. It's, it's wonderful to be, to be podcasting again. Yes! Like getting on an old bike. Uh, well, Jen... Armageddon, you have a pretty uh, personal history with this film, do you not? I do. I uh, <laughs> I think it was my favorite movie at a point. I, I can't, I think it was like eighth or ninth grade, and I had told my teachers that I had two teachers who were married, Mr. and Mrs. Duda. And married to each other? Mr. and Mrs. Oh, Duda. Oh, yeah, Mr. Yeah, and Mrs. Gotcha. Duda, yeah. I asked the question, too. And um, I told them, they said, hey, what's your favorite movie, Jen? And I said, you know, I think it's Armageddon. And they laughed and laughed. And I was like, huh, I wonder what's wrong with it. And then, you know, I realized what a patriarchy was. And now I see the problems and the holes and everything. And so, uh, but I loved it. <laughs> I'm glad to say that my joy of it hasn't changed. It's well, why did you love it? I mean, you uh, very famously have a fear of space travel and space movies. Very famously. Uh, <laughs> I, I've often turned around and said, uh-uh, not today, guys. I know I said I'd go today, but... There was a movie made about it. No, thanks. There was a movie made about it. Um, an independent film. Yes. Yeah. Very independent. Yeah. Um, but I think I just loved action movies. We didn't watch a lot of movies growing up, and this was... I want to say maybe one of the first blockbusters I'd ever seen. And so kind of the nonstop action of it, I was like, oh, and I was a sucker for the love story. We bought Animal Crackers exclusively after I saw it. I thought that that was, uh, that led to sex. So I was like, um, yeah. So I think that this was just maybe the first of its kind that I had seen that was like such a, an exciting blow up movie sure yeah yeah i mean it is important though to take away that animal crackers are the gateway snack to sex yes um, and yeah of course uh, i don't want to miss a thing the aerosmith song um an incredible cultural force <laughs> it was in the late 90s that movie, that movie that song was huge yeah everywhere and then on the tail of a huge aerosmith resurgence 
Just Push Play was about to come out. That huge hit that everyone remembers and loves. Yeah. I remember the people who danced to that at the school dance when it was like the big hit. Like, that's when you found your, that's when you found your, your person you're going to be with for that month. Right. Yeah. That was like the last song played at the dance. Right. Like that was, you're bringing it home. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, guys, if you don't remember this movie or you haven't seen it or you just need a little brush up, uh, we've got a, a movie trailer we created for Armageddon to catch you up. Here it is. In the beginning, there was Charlton Heston. A piece of rock just six miles wide changed all that. In a world where the world is going to end with an asteroid the size of Texas, our biggest contiguous state. It's what we call a global killer. The end of mankind. Doesn't matter where it hits. Nothing would survive, not even bacteria. My God. What do we do? They'll call on the world's best drilling crew who created a catastrophe on their very own rig, causing the worst environmental disaster until Deepwater Horizon. He's worked on every terrain this planet can offer. Whenever they said it couldn't be drilled, this guy drilled it. Everybody Six billion people on the planet. Why'd you guys call me? John McClane is Harry Stamper. I assume you sent for me because somebody told you I was the best. Well, I'm only the best because I work with the best. He'll round up his crew from various spots around the planet, despite them all being together less than 24 hours ago, and only take AJ because he wants him dead. I thought you said you couldn't trust him. I thought you said I could. When astronauts can't learn to drill in eight months, you must teach drillers to astronaut in four days. Eight whole months? What, three months, yeah. Oh, gee whiz. You know, drilling's a science. It's an art. Third generation drilling. Doing it all my life. I still haven't got it all figured out. With a plan that they literally compare to Looney Tunes, our heroes are leaving on a jet plane, and Owen Wilson isn't a big enough star yet to come back again. Okay, so the scariest environment match. Thanks. That's all you gotta say. Scariest environment imaginable. They'll be put to the test with fuel leaks, meteor showers, and Steve Buscemi's space madness, which looks exactly like his Earth madness. Who will die? Who will survive? Who will be left to put animal crackers in each other's underwear? From one countdown to another countdown to the final countdown, you don't want to miss a thing. From Touchstone Pictures and Jerry Bruckheimer comes Reverse Abyss with a tacked on Titanic love story that's all covered in the first hour of Deep Impact. The end times are here. Michael Bay's Armageddon. Houston, you have a problem. problem. Ah. Wonderful. What a, what a great movie, huh? Wow, and a great trailer. And a great trailer, Brad. <laughs> Boy, whoever did that trailer. Oh, brilliant. Top notch. Guys, it's time to get into one of our classic segments on High on Film. And now it's time for Trash Star Destroy.
That's right, it's Trash Star Destroy, a veritable <laughs> fuck, Mary kill of movies, if you will. Uh, we'll give you three movies of a similar ilk. One, you must trash, which means it's eliminated from existence. One, you get to star in, in whatever role you'd like to take for yourself, and that leaves the third movie to be destroyed. Which normally means that it's been written and directed by our wonderful host director today, uh, Michael Bay. Uh, um, but I guess let's say it'll be given the category, which we'll reveal here in mere seconds. Um, say it'll be written and directed by Michael Bay of today. Okay. Okay. So, not n 90s Bay when he was like kind of good. Yeah. Yes. And funny you should say that, Brad, because our first category is 90s Bay. Hey. I'm just that good. Yeah. Uh, let's do three movies Michael Bay made in the 90s. Bad Boys, The Rock, and Armageddon. Trash, Star, Destroy. Mm. That's a tough category. Mm -hmm. Armageddon, Michael Bay's last great film. Okay, first, are we really calling this great? Uh, Michael Bay, great. Okay, Michael Bay, great. Um, What's in competition with it? I guess the first Transformers. Yeah, I oh. think that's the only thing that would be even in 13 day. hours. Secret Soldiers of Benghazi. I like the Meatloaf, Meatloaf <laughs> music video. <laughs> yeah. That was before this, though. Yeah. Oh, um, right. It's a meatloaf and white snake music videos. Yeah, it's been yeah. a while since I've seen the first Transformers. I guess part of me believes it would be close to this in quality. It actually might be more quality, but maybe it's not as fun as this, which is kind of what makes Armageddon great by base quote. Sure. quote yeah. Quotations. A great Michael Bay movie. Can't, any, no yeah. one can see. We won't say it's a great movie. We'll say it's a great Bay Michael Bay, Bay movie. movie. Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's a better <laughs> distinction. Um... <laughs> But for me, this is hard, because I I have to star in Bad Boys, I think, just because I love that movie so much. Hmm. Um, Joe Pantoliano? Oh God, I could be Joey Pants. I mean, part of me wants to be Martin... Part of me wants to be Martin Lawrence, and I love Martin Lawrence in that movie, but I, uh, I could be Joey Pants. Uh, I think I gotta be a franchise for yourself. Yeah, I think I gotta be Martin Lawrence. Just because that's peak Will Smith, and I like Will Smith was my favorite actor ever at that time. Mm -hmm. So I have to be Marcus Burnett, Martin Lawrence's character in Bad Boys, and then The Rock and Armageddon. I, I guess it's m more important to keep The Rock. I mean, both of them are his movies, but I think if we're gonna trash one. I'd rather get rid of Armageddon and keep The Rock, which I think is a better movie. Mm -hmm. um, and then, so yeah, Trash Armageddon and Michael Bay. Even Michael Bay today gets to direct uh, The Rock again with Sean Connery and Nicolas Cage now. Nick Cage now is very appealing. <laughs> I know, uh, right? For I mean, Sean, The Rock. Sean Connery now is going to need a lot of stunt double work, even more than he did yeah. all that time ago, but... Well, or they could just digitally de-age him, like oh. they did for De Niro and the Irishman, and have him throw <laughs> things underhand <laughs> into rivers. Uh, I'll watch De Niro that age throw anything into a river any day. <laughs> Jen, what are you going to do here? I think I would star in Armageddon as the uh, Owen Wilson role. Whoa. Yeah. Fun pick. I like the comedy. It would be fun. Oscar, yeah. yeah. It, would be, it would be fun to get another woman on a team. That would be good. Why. 
And he's got some great one-liners yeah. in that movie. Yeah, I like it when he's like, uh, I'm 98% excited, 2% nervous. No, maybe it's 2% nervous, 98 I like all the, the rules. But that's the fun of it. Wow, yeah, that must make it so intense. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then I guess I'm giving... Michael Bay, Bad Boys. Who directed Bad Boys? Michael, Michael Bay. Bay. He directed all. Oh, of them. he directed all of these. That's yes. the category. Yeah. Oh, right. Today's it's not 90's Michael San Francisco Bay. Movies. It's 90's yeah. Bay. Right, movies. right. I can't believe I forgot that. I have his filmography tattooed on my arm. Michael. On your arm. On my arm. On my arm. I don't know. Long pause. There. Listening to it. Yeah. <laughs> and um, and then. Uh, the tattoo gets great when you get to just straight Transformers <laughs> movies. Yeah. <laughs> I just have them notch those on the side, yeah, though. Yeah. They don't actually oh, look. Oh, no, you were Age of Extinction oh, last that's right. night. Oh, right, they're different titles. I knew that. Yeah. And, um, and then I guess I'm trashing... Uh, the Rock. The, ro- the Rock. Yeah. Welcome to The Rock. Welcome to The Rock. Yeah, and you can welcome me right into The Rock, because I am starring in that film. Uh, I am, Cage? Yeah, yeah I'm Stanley Goodspeed. Yeah. Absolutely. Great Rock. Yeah. That's his name. Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a real bummer, but sure. <laughs> Godspeed, good speed. <laughs> not the best line. Not the best line of the but movie. Not but not a bad impression. Uh, yeah, yeah. Thanks. You're yeah. welcome. Yeah, the best line is, welcome to the rock. Yeah. That is probably one of the better lines. <laughs> the worst line is, uh, you like Elton John? Uh, terrible <laughs> I'll line. listen to that soft shit. Because you're him. You're the rocket man. You're him. Yeah. You're the rocket man. Yeah. <laughs> But I'm starring in that movie, and I get to do that scene. Because oh. <laughs> I'm taking that role. Uh, and then, you know, I think I'm going to give Michael Bay Bad Boys again. Because, I, Brad, you and I both saw Bad Boys 3, Bad Boys 4. For life. life. I know, it drives you crazy. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, bad uh, Boys 4 should be Bad Boys 4. Even though there's a fourth Bad Boys movie already approved and in production. Should have been Bad Boys 3 Musketeers. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got in. I'll take that. Even though it should be Bad Boys Roman Numeral Three because it's Bad Boys Roman Numeral Two. I listened to your Keanu review interview and it was brought or podcast <laughs> and it was brought up. You brought up how much, yeah, how seriously you take sequel titles. I could do a whole episode on <laughs> botched sequel titles. I'm sure someday we will. Yeah. Toy Fory. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I um, wish. That's a great... I, I don't think you've told me about that one. Uh, That's great. Thank you. Yeah. That's a missed opportunity. But I'm giving Michael Bay Bad Boys again because I think... I mean, we both wanted Bad Boys for Life. We, we both said we actually missed Michael Bay's presence on that movie because the action was a little sloppier than usual. It was. I can't believe we're saying this on air, but yes. Yeah. I, I admittedly said out loud after Bad Boys 3, I wish Michael Bay would have directed that movie. Yeah. And it... I'm sorry. And then... Uh, <laughs> That means we're trashing Armageddon, uh, leaving plenty of way for its fraternal twin film, which I guess I, we didn't even mention yet. We did not. Deep Impact. Yes. 1998's Deep Impact. Mm. Mimi Letter's Deep Impact. Steven Spielberg produced Deep Impact. So a lot of competition for Michael Bay. Was there also a sudden impact? There is, but it has nothing to do with asteroids. Yeah, uh, sudden impact forget is... Forget it. Uh, Jean-Claude Van Damme? <laughs> yes. Yes. Because yes. sudden death is the... Dirty Harry movie. Penguins movie. Oh, yeah. What's the Dirty Harry one? There might be a oh. Sudden Impact 2. Oh, Not maybe Sudden Impact 2, the sequel. <laughs> sudden Impact as well. As well. <laughs> we should look... We'll sudden look Impact 2. We'll look Expected that. Second Impact. <laughs> we'll look that up at the break. Yeah. Okay. Let's, I think we have time for one more Trash Trash Joy category. I don't think we've whittled away enough time on this yet. 
this category is called I Don't Want to Watch a Thing. It is <laughs> Aerosmith uh, movies that feature Aerosmith songs recorded for the movie specifically. Uh, so uh, there's only four songs that Aerosmith has ever recorded specifically for a film. Uh, I Don't Want to Miss a Thing for Armageddon was one of them. And we're going to do the other three. Uh, we'll do the Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, Lucy Liu, Charlie's Angels, which features uh, Aerosmith's Angel's Eye. Uh, we'll do the Sam Raimi Spider-Man, which features uh, Aerosmith's Spider-Man theme. Ah. And of course, we'll do the seminal uh, Rugrats Go Wild, which features Aerosmith's Lizard Love. And I believe is also the uh, Rugrats movie that is a mashup between the Rugrats and the Wild Thornberries. Oh. Is there more than one Rugrats movie? I think there's three. Because Lisa yeah. Loeb has a song in a Rugrats movie. Oh. That Rugrats I know. Rugrats pulling <laughs> talent on their soundtrack. Yeah. Rugrats was a great show. Rugrats was a great show. Yeah. But you get a lot of good uh, good roles in Rugrats Go Wild. I mean, uh, Tim Curry is one of the Thornberries. Flea from the Red Hot Chili Peppers, one of the famous wild thornberries. Classic yeah, voiceover I mean, no actor. One, no one's <laughs> hating on the thornberries. We're just saying that uh, I don't think they had the pull for Aerosmith and Lisa Loeb. Well, <laughs> we're all wrong. <laughs> <laughs> they did. So Charlie's Angels, Spider-Man, Rugrats Go Wild. Trash Star Destroy. Um, I will star in Spider-Man as Spider-Man. I mean, that's kind of a no-brainer. And then we get Tobey Maguire out of there, who, well, he does a good job. I he's, liked Tobey Maguire at the time, and I, I think he still do, probably does a fine job. I mean, maybe not compared to Monsieur Holland. Yeah, Tom Holland's great. Yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Tobey Maguire is, you know, probably an asshole. But... <laughs> it looks older than a teenager. <laughs> <laughs> That's definitely true. A high schooler. Yeah, get him. Yeah. We got him. Tell you look over in high school with Toby. And Maguire. you're probably an asshole. We got you, Toby. Well, according to Molly's game, he is. I know. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that is. And Pussy Posse. And Pussy Posse affiliations. <laughs> That's yes. Right. Toby McGuire. What a resume. So I'm taking that role from him, happily. <laughs> um, I'm going to give Rugrats to Michael Bay mm. because, mm-hmm. I don't know, I'm just curious. And that means I'm trashing... Oh, Charlie's Angels. Uh, I mean, I guess you still get full throttle. Sure. But the first one was definitely better. Well, I'll tell you this, Brad. I, I'm, I'm kind of with you here. I'm starring as Spider-Man. Yeah. Of course. I love Spider-Man. <laughs> um, Rugrats Go Wild, I'm giving to Michael Bay because I don't want him touching the Charlie's Angels franchise where I'm sure he just makes... Oh, it. God, yeah. I didn't even mm. think of that much more misogynistic and horribly sexualized in all the wrong ways. Oh, yeah. And then I will say, no offense to uh, Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, or Lucy Liu, they'll still get the sequel, which I think is worse. I never saw the sequel. But maybe we get more eyes on the uh, the new reboot with um, Kristen Stewart. I'm starring in Charlie's Angels. <laughs> <laughs> I'm taking Drew Barrymore's part. Because doesn't she make out with Sam Rockwell in that? Is that the boyfriend? Yes. Or is it Justin Theroux? I believe it's Sam Rockwell. Ugh, either way, doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah. Six in one hand, half dozen. Doesn't the other. matter. Yeah, I think it would be so fun to be in like a learn how to fight kind of movie. So action movie. Sure, <laughs> people fight in other things. Sure. Right. Like physically fight. Like, yeah. Like, you like you want to learn? train for the film? I want to yeah. train mm. for the film. It probably has to be an action movie then. Anyway, so I'm I'm yeah, starring Sam Rockwell. in Charlie. Yeah, I'm starring in Charlie's Angels. 
I'm giving Spider-Man to Michael Bay, and I'm trashing uh, Rugrats. Okay. It's all right. There's a plenty of a cartoon. It's true. Spider-Man 2 is back to Raimi. So that's we're true. Fine. That's true. And Spider-Man 2 yeah. is the best one. Yes. Yeah. We have to preserve that at all costs, and that's all that matters. Oh, guys, that felt good to do. That's, a, that's another week of <laughs> Trash, Star, Destroy. Thank you for that. And with that, we're going to take a break. Uh, you'll hear a word from our sponsor, and we'll be right back with more Jen Murray, more Armageddon, and more High on Film. Tired of all these lame new monsters? Reach for a monster whose name you can trust. 1998's Godzilla. From TriStar Pictures comes the summer movie that threatened Michael Bay's ego, creating a real The Enemy of My Enemy is My Friend situation. Featuring a rare instance of Led Zeppelin licensing a song for a movie, and an even more rare instance of letting Puff Daddy rap over it. And if you like the raptors from Jurassic Park, you'll love the baby Godzilla's populating Madison Square Garden. Roland Emmerich's Godzilla. Size does matter. Pentagon has more sides than I thought it did. Like they say, never meet your heroes. Hey, you're not supposed to be down here. This area is restricted. Stand down, Frank. They're with me. But, Madam President. Listen, when people said it couldn't be podcasted, they podcasted it. Stand down, soldier. Yes, ma'am. Sorry, ma'am. Dismissed. Brad and Chris, thanks for coming. How was Air Force One? I liked it. Harrison Ford's great. It's crazy how he keeps crashing planes. Gentlemen, save it for the podcast. We've brought you to Washington for one purpose. You will team with the crew of Space Shuttle Capitalism, acting as our primary correspondents on Mission Possible Rogue Asteroid, our joint effort with Russia to blow the living hell out of that rock. Don't sugarcoat it. Just shoot it straight, Chief. I literally can't shoot it any straighter. It's sugar-free. Ugh, gross. Please, don't do it for me. Don't do it for the fame or the riches. Do it for the world. For your fellow man. Brad, the U.S. government just asked us to save the world. You want to say no? We'll do it. We have a few requests, though. Such as? We want our credit card debt erased, uh, Steeler season tickets, and a six-pack... No, a keg of Miller Lite. And two tickets apiece for those Steelers games. For guests. Okay. And promise to never tell Michael Bay who really killed JFK. <laughs> we promise. And bring back movie pass. No. We'd be trading one disaster for another. Fine. But everything else? Everything else. Deal. Welcome back to High On Film. We're talking Michael Bay's Armageddon with Jen Murray today on our first episode back from our hiatus. And boy, it feels good to be back. Back in the saddle again. That's another Aerosmith song. Okay. Because there's so <laughs> many happening. in this movie. There's a lot. And uh, before we dig any further into this film and uh, what's good about it, what's bad about it, um, I think that's what we're actually going to do. We're going to dig into what's good and what's bad about it. Exactly. We're an optimistic podcast. We start things off optimistically. So we're starting off with... Best scene. Wow. Things sure have changed around here. <laughs> I know. I know. A little bit of a budget. Yeah. It's, it's amazing. I can't believe you got a hornist. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> a hornist. Believe it. We got a hornist. <laughs> Thank you to Zach Pfeiffer for all the new music. The new theme. The new outro. was yet to come. And, uh, yeah. Best scene, worst scene themes. 
All right, guys, best scene. Uh, we're going to do things a little differently anyway. Uh, you get three. Three, two, one. Best scene. What do you got, Jen? All right, so for me, third place best scene is whenever they dock at the Russian space station and then someone pulls a wrong lever. I forget who it is, but then everything goes to hell and they're all running around and trying to get back to their ships safely. And that's the first time you kind of see like, well, I guess the first time you see Harry Stamper kind of like love AJ is like right when they split into their spaceships. But Bruce this time Willis you actually, yeah, yeah, yeah. You actually see them like pull Bruce Willis with all their strength back to the ship because he wants to go save AJ. I also think it's a really fun, high energy, intense scene where like everything's starting to explode down the the hallways of the space station. And, yeah. For as many times as I've seen this movie, that scene stood out to me the most this time. Uh, as any other time I've seen it, just goes like, oh, that's a intense, well choreographed scene. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the extremes of fire and ice, both dangerous in this. Ah, uh, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones. <laughs> Song of Fire and Ice. Uh, and just a little, just a plot check. I, I think it's, it, there's just a leak in the hose, and then AJ yeah. has to pull the lever, and the lever breaks. Oh, yes. yeah, yeah. I thought it was because that, I thought someone mistouched something, because that guy's like, he why says I not touch anything? He does say that, but like, really, it's just a leak, I think. Yeah, ah. yeah, yeah. Ah. Stormare accuses him of it, but yeah, I think it's just a bad connection. Got it. Yeah. Bad connection. Um, number two. Number two is whenever secondary protocol is... Um, called by the President of the United States and the bomb starts going off. And then there's that. The first time. Well, that <laughs> whole scene near the bomb where, like, it's on, it's off, and you have the standoff between Colonel Sharp and uh, Harry. Bruce Harry. Willis. Bruce Willis, yeah. yeah. And I just think that that is, that one's a little more of a dialogue-heavy an active scene, but I just love... Uh, the guy who plays Chick. Will Patton. Will Patton. I just love him being like, just turn it up. Just turn it up. I just, I love that audience member reaction during that whole thing. He's like, just stop the bomb. It's easy. Just stop the bomb. You know, because they're all standing around this nuclear device. Two of them are still down there and they don't know who's going to do what, who believes in what they're doing more. And so I like that one too. Yeah, I mean, I that that was a contender for me. I mean, because that end when it when the showdown comes down, it's like you swear on your daughter's life. Yeah. William Fichtner yelling at Bruce Willis, and Bruce Willis is like, I, I'll, "I've never missed a mark in my whole career." And it's like, then let's turn this goddamn yeah, bomb yeah, off yeah. or whatever he says. It's, and you even have the nice moment of levity of Buscemi and Max coming up the elevator uh, and seeing like Harry with like the tongs, clamp, yeah. clamps yeah. on his yeah. neck. He's like, "All right, what do we miss?" Yeah, it's, yeah. It's it is a damn good scene. And uh, number one for me, okay, I'm a sucker for a montage, and I'm a sucker for heavy-handed character breakdowns in a movie, so I love the recruitment of the team of drillers. Great. I love it. Great choice. I feel like they're just reading the audition side character breakdowns. You're saying, like, totally. the psychological evaluation? No. No, when they go the get him. No, getting the yeah. game together. He's a gambler. He's a wild card. He's in the strip clubs. I just, I... I love it. I think it's so fun. And they actually have a fairly, like, talented group of actors play the drill team. So it's just kind of fun to give them those one-liners that are indicative of the characters that they play. So I like it. Uh, I, I mean, I'll use that as a transition into mine because that's my number three. Mm -hmm. I love a good getting the gang together montage. Mm -hmm. This one does it very well. And I have it as my number three despite the fact that they somehow got scattered across the entire United <laughs> States in 18 hours. 
And that AJ has has his own business started up already. He's a go-getter. <laughs> it's, it's so unbelievable in the timeline, but it is it's a great mo- I mean, Michael Clark Duncan, Owen Wilson especially, both having a great time like with their scenes. Yeah. Um yeah, it's 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 hard to resist. I, I love that they're all you. running from the feds too. Yeah. Like they're all like this can't be good. some we kind of criminals of and just running from these guys. Yeah. Uh, that's my number three. Um, God, my number two is, uh, I'm going to say probably this, Owen Wilson's performance. I think he's very funny uh-huh. overall. He's got some of the best lines that I believe were probably improvised. Mm-hmm. Um, like the when he's in the psychological uh, analysis, when he's saying a lot of people think Jeff, Jethro Tull is just one man instead of the band. Uh, he does the... Um, and his reaction when they say, who's Jethro Tull? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Perfect. Yeah. When, he's, when they're, he's up in the balcony when Bruce Willis is explaining what they want from the government to do this and he reiterates that's 56 tickets in seven states or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Very funny. Um, oh, Scariest Place Imaginable came up earlier in the show, you know, in the trailer. So good. Yeah. That's um, all you had to say. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's got so many great lines, and I just, it's, uh, you see why he becomes a star. Mm-hmm. And honestly, my number one, I go back and forth. Uh, I think it has to be... Uh, Dramatic Dramatic Oh, my God. They're going to think it's struggling. Cut I'm going to say the Aerosmith, I don't want to miss a thing music video. <laughs> it's the best thing in this movie. The music video? The music <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. video. I think, again, like, I think this movie is a, uh, greater than the sum of its parts, and I think the Aerosmith song, and when it's used in this film, is probably one of the best things to come out of this film. Um, even though it did lose the Oscar, uh, to, uh, When You Believe from Prince of Egypt, which oh, is a I love that song. oh yeah duet between Mariah Carey and Whitney Houston. Houston. Yeah. Oh damn. Well, you got two legends there. Yeah. It's a tough battle. Yeah. Viva la divas. Uh, yeah. My other choice was uh, well, I was gonna say also the design. I think the design of this movie is really good. It's such so not scenes elements. Yeah. I mean that's <laughs> what it has always been on high end film. Oh. Two years. I forget everything. You've <laughs> <laughs> yeah. always said like scene is like used as the overview, but it's it's more like. Anything you really like or dislike that works for you or doesn't work for you in best and worst scene. I, mm. think, I think that's fair. Sorry if I didn't reiterate that after no, two no. years, three months. I stand by my yeah. my ranking. Yeah, the design is also very like a strong, sleek, dumb American design that just <laughs> works so well. But anyway. Brad? <laughs> uh, okay, so I have... So my number three is the, like, making their demands scene. Okay, yeah, sure. Uh, yeah. Uh, it is, it, when I saw this movie, with 98, so I was, like, 14 or 15, I thought that scene was so funny when they asked, can you tell us who killed JFK? <laughs> and Bruce Willis is just little look back, like, the shake of the head. Yeah, yeah. it's it great. great. Uh, all their demands are so funny. And so, again, just kind of, like, reinforcing all these like kind of stock characters we're dealing with but um that scene was always very funny to me that and still is pretty funny to me close one for me i also read that the actors wrote those themselves that michael bay gave them each pieces of paper and in their character they had to ask for demands and then bruce willis just read a few so that's great which is fun yeah i mean it is it's probably the funniest scene in this movie i think hands down 
Um, so number two is actually the psychological evaluations, hmm. um, which are pretty... Uh, I mean, you've seen that scene before, like a montage of different people getting the evals and kind of handling different ways. Bear crying his eyes out. The Jethro Tull line is very funny. Buscemi, like, just showing off how brilliant he is. Uh, Chick freaking out, like, just kind of being so unnerved in there. Like, it all, it's, again, like, another funny scene in this movie that... Bad Rorschach test, though. It's, like, reads into it too much, because it's, like... Ben Affleck's like, Harry not giving you permission to marry his daughter. Harry, well, kicking my ass because I kissed his daughter. I mean, they're not even like trying on the shock. Yeah. I mean, it just. But also like, reading it. deeply into their psyches at the same time, yes. which is funny. Yes, but I'll, like Ben Affleck's not even looking at him when he does it. He's yeah. Like, this is Harry doing this. This is Harry doing well, that. Well, Steve Buscemi saying a large breasted well, woman, yeah. medium I mean, breasted woman. Steve Buscemi has a lot of. Whole problematic issue. character. Yeah, he's a really problematic character. Um, so. Uh, so, but again, like I just kind of like the montage from the medical evaluations into the psychological evaluations. It's just kind of I've always enjoyed that one too. That's kind of one that goes back to when I saw this for the first time as well. Have you guys ever done one of those tests? What's it called? The Rorschach. 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 I have not. I have always, you? No, I've, I always see a. Do you want to? Vase or a face? <laughs> oh yeah, sure. Yeah. Vase or a face? Yeah. Okay, guys. Well. Okay. <laughs> Well, my number one. Uh, <laughs> um, my somewhat embarrassingly, my number one, I think, is the final conversation between Harry and Grace that mm. ends with really? the hand on the screen. I do. It's it is it's melodramatic as hell, <laughs> and it is sappy as hell. But I, I don't know. Like when I do, when I think of this movie, I, like I think they both give pretty good performances in that scene for what it is. And certainly, like, the hand on the screen was in the music video. Like, it was such a kind of oh, iconic... Oh, suddenly such support for the music video. <laughs> uh, well, I, the music video is not in the movie, so... <laughs> yeah. it, it, There's it, shots it, of plenty of the movie in the music video. I understand, but... Okay. It, anyway. Um, but I, I, I do take away from this movie that moment of her, no, Dad, no, and their very nice moment, and then the hand on the screen. Like, it is really annoying to me now that like everybody can hear that conversation like that is being <laughs> broadcast the entire space everybody at nasa is listening to that conversation yeah they turn People, all the tvs to the same channel the, with bruce willis the everybody in the spaceship who have left him yeah. are hearing this conversation they've had so much trouble with communication the entire time yeah. and then it is picture perfect audio yeah. clear as a bell clear signal I yeah. get why they do it for the spaceship because you want to see the reactions from the actors when they're hearing it mm -hmm. um, and you can't just have like hey, Grace tell them later like hey by the way Harry said it yeah, just yeah. won't play you want to watch Will Patton choke back tears in, in yeah. real time yes, you only exactly. get Ben Affleck <laughs> shove that patch at Billy Bob Thornton <laughs> right and and Sharp saying that uh, oh, yeah, yeah. bravest man I've ever known mm -hmm. which is nice too uh, but I, I do think that scene is, like, not iconic, but, man, it's so memorable. Uh, that's my number one. All right. Fantastic. Well, guys, if there's a best scene, that must mean there's a... Worst scene. Oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> man. If there's a worst scene in this uh, Razzie-winning movie for Bruce Willis' performance... I can't believe you... 
one or or one or rather. Yeah, yeah, I know. And he wasn't that bad. He, yeah, yes and no. I mean, he's he's just pouring it on. He's chewing scenery in this movie. I've seen him be so much worse. Well, sure. I mean, this man is also a guy who works nonstop. True. He's in ten movies a year, seven of which you've never even heard of. Um, but that's beside the point. Three <laughs> worst scenes. Three, two, one. What do we got? Um, I'll start this one off. Uh, okay, so my number three worst scene is more of a worst thing. Which I've noticed, I noticed so much more this time that there's like a PA announcer at NASA that's announcing <laughs> oh, everything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That announces like independence is flatlined and confirming detonation uh, was so egregious to me this time and so funny. Uh, and I didn't notice it as much before. Um, so that's really dumb. Number two is. Probably the is the Steve Buscemi character Rockhound uh, for so many reasons. I, I mean, he admits to statutory Why? rape uh, <laughs> is the glaring one. Yeah, and I, I mean, he's just a very problematic character. I mean, it's '98, like that. I guess the insubordination of the only female captain on the team. Oh yeah, this movie does not pass the Bechdel test. Not even close. There's barely not a woman any in the Michael Bay movie pass the Bechdel test. I can't believe they do. I'm going to tell you no, and I haven't seen anything I mean, but Armageddon. Yeah. Most <laughs> You didn't see Pearl Harbor? Oh, I did see Pearl Harbor. Yeah. I mean, most Michael Bay films don't even have enough women to test the Bechdel, Bechdel test. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um Semi's character is terrible, and for me, the worst scene is the animal cracker scene. It's, me too. It's ridiculous. It is laughable, and her asking him, "Do you think there's anybody else in the world doing this right now?" The answer is blatantly should be blatantly no, because yeah. it's ridiculous, and we only do this stupid shit. But um, it's dumb. It's so corny. And if I was saying the hand on the screen scene is corny, that scene's as corny as you will see on like if you were with the love of your life and it was their last night on earth and they took you to a house laid you in the grass (laughs) brought out a box of animal crackers and danced them up and down your stomach i'd be like what the hell are we doing while doing like a seinfeld bit where he's like what's the deal with animal crackers they're too sweet but they're not crackers they're not cookies what are they they're not made from animals do we go north do we go south it's like that's good and then yeah and then does a little uh australian wildlife geographic national geographic it's so douchey it's so like classic douchey like he doesn't know how else to flirt so he's like yeah an Australian accent, sexy, ain't it? Yeah, let me tell you that I see your boobs and I see the other part, north or south, in this Australian accent. And then picks her up and twirls her around, and you're just like, what? What? what With is a this? Corvette and some Chuck Taylors in the sunset. What is this date, this last date? I, I think I read at one point that uh, based off the success of Titanic, they shoehorned in their relationship in a big way. Ah, after of course. Because the they were trying to. That's also why she on, puts like, her hand on the TV because hand acting was very big after Titanic from the steam car, the, the steam on the car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that's, yeah. that's a good point. I never thought of that. <laughs> that's true. Put your hand up like Kate Winslet did in that car after she had sex. I made a lot of money last year. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So that—that's my three. Ones. Oh yeah, that's well, your I, three. Um, 
Nevermind. Well, it's also your one. It's no. also, Animal Crackers was also my well, one. Please, yeah, do that. Okay, is it okay to go top down then? Yeah, go yeah, top Yeah, Animal down. Crackers, one. Two is when they see the drill in the warehouse for repairs. Um, <laughs> you don't like that scene. I don't like it at all. I don't like the that. The drill? Drilling's not an art, it's a science. Oh, it's that's a science. Yeah, yeah. It's real fucking When they bring Bruce Willis in and he's looking at the thing and he's like, so you stole my design. Yeah. <laughs> and it's like, yeah, man, we stole your design. The fate of the world. <laughs> And you got the whole thing reversed, so let me guess, you're burning through drill heads like a motherfucker. <laughs> and, yeah. the, and the genius, the guy's the smartest guy in the world, is like, yeah. Who was yeah, intimidated by the presidential advisors yeah. is like, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't like that scene at all. And then, that. I don't like uh, Billy Bob Thornton's leg thing. I feel like we see it once. I don't understand We do. He's never why. limping. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I just... They just uh, suddenly have a brace on his leg, and he's like, you know, I wish I could go up there. Yeah, it's like... But I can't because of this leg thing. Yeah. <laughs> and that's like, literally one scene, and that's it. That's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like Billy Bob said the line, I can't, I wish I could go up there, and then he stops filming, and he's like, why can't I go up there? And it's like, someone get this guy a brace. <laughs> we need a reason why he can't go up uh, there. You got a leg Is thing. that props? <laughs> Is that costume? We need a brace. Yeah, someone... Can he have an eye thing? Can he see computer? Let's make a leg thing. Oh, we shot his eyes too much. What happened when we shot? His foot. His foot. Put something on his foot. Yeah. Shoehorned it again. Yeah. Um, now, my three are probably, number three for me is, uh, it's literally said in the movie, why do you have a gun in space? <laughs> like, it, why are there guns on the armadillo? Because Michael Bay, and that is a problem. That's just so ridiculous. And it's just made to cause problems and make this movie unnecessarily longer. Like, we do not need the tension of guns. Yeah. Like, there's plenty of, like, Bruce Willis is choking Fickner with the big space pliers. That's believable. We don't need a gun. Like, the Second Amendment knows no bounds. The Second <laughs> Amendment knows no bounds. In a movie that starts yeah. with words from Charlton Heston, former NRA president. Yeah. Can't take my guns. Like I said, sleek, strong, dumb American craziness in this movie. <laughs> there's even a... Kennedy mural, like it's the fifties or sixties in this film. I don't understand. When like, when the asteroid is blown to bits, yeah. we get a, a kid running past a Kennedy mural. Fifty percent of the cutaways to rural America in this film at, at different times look like they're they're staged to be like in the fifties. Like yeah. your good old um, what's that painter's name? Banksy. <laughs> Norman Rockwell. Norman, Norman Rockwell. Rockwell. Thank you. Better answer. Banksy. <laughs> Banksy painting. Yeah. That's what they call them, paintings. Uh. Okay, number two for me, I think, is um, the innocuous presidential speech. It's You get a good shot at uh. a great presidential speech, and it just falls flat. They cut away from what he's saying for a little bit. You can't really hear because you're focusing on what's going on in the scenes. Uh, and it's nothing inspiring. It's not played by a good actor, which I will say a certain... Fraternal Twin movie. We'll get into that next week. Yeah. We will get into that next week. And, uh, yeah, number number one for me is, I, th it's, I think it's the editing. Like, the I think this might have even been around the dawn of the term, like, MTV editing. Mm. Maybe, maybe a little earlier in the 90s. But it's, the editing on this is, I mean, sure, not as messy as Oscar-winning Bohemian Rhapsody. But uh, definitely all over the place. And I can't even imagine how much footage was cut from the training montage alone. Because they are in so many different locations with so many different characters for two seconds. <laughs> like, yeah. it, and I just, it's so wild that this movie succeeds, 
That's how me, he does it, though, right? That's like his. Well, he was. Like, he started with music videos. Oh so yeah, it makes yeah. Sense. yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Really yeah. Like cut, 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 cut. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are we to believe that the president's speech? Sorry to go back to that, but no, are, are we to believe that the president's speech, as they show other countries listening, that they're listening to translations of the U.S. president's? I wondered speech, that as well. That, that their country's leaders aren't giving. That's some, that's some American jack. The only shit. the only bit I actually Bay. caught was the I think when they're in they catch something in French, mm-hmm. and it doesn't sound to my trained ear <laughs> uh, like it's the same speech. It sounds like maybe they are listening to their leaders Still say something. To their... But I that's just pure speculation on my part. Yeah, I wonder. Yeah. I mean, it's a Michael Bay movie, so I assume it's everyone's listening to the American president's speech. Mm-hmm. That would be my guess. Yeah. Bummer. <laughs> Bummer. All right, guys. Well, it's time for one of our last segments and one of our most favorite segments. <laughs> it's time for milking it. <laughs> In this uh, game, we will supply everyone with uh, two cards. Uh, we're going to each pitch a new version of this film. Uh, we're each going to draw, not draw, a card, actually. Mm, Boy, right. I that's can't what just we, go back into my that's old That's what we used here. to do. That's yeah, what yeah. we used to do. But we have a bigger budget. This is a brand new show, a new version of this old show. Oh. Um, but we have, instead of the big box of Hollywood ideas, which used to provide us with a card of a sequel, reboot, uh, genre, or another way of reimagining the events and characters of this film into a brand new movie to make a billion more dollars for the studio system. But because this is new and improved, high on film, we no longer have the big box of Hollywood ideas. We took it to some very important scientists, very expensive scientists. So expensive. And we had every bit of wisdom the big box of Hollywood ideas had within its contents converted uh, to digital files and we now have the big computer of hollywood ideas 2000 mm, so let's wow. consult the computer and uh, oh i guess we'll, we'll explain the two things it'll print out correct actually uh so not only will you get your genre card or prequel reboot genre card okay uh your way to reimagine the film but you'll also get a pitch card which will uh be one of three things either an elevator pitch limiting you to 30 seconds to pitch the alternate title and quick summary of your new movie, a water cooler pitch, which will allow you 60 seconds or one whole American minute to pitch your title and summary of the film. American minute, yep. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Michael Bay film after all. Yeah, sure. Gone in one American minute. <laughs> Gone in 60 American seconds. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or you will get uh, the creme de la creme uh, a meeting with some uh, boardroom professionals, some studio heads, <laughs> for the boardroom pitch, lasting a whole 90 seconds. I think also important to mention, it's not just genres, prequels, or sequels, or reboots anymore. You're right. We put in some new information. Mm-hmm. We now have directors and actors, or actresses, who you can also draw, who then you have to basically focus the the choice around them in some way. Exactly. Actors take the um, one of the top build parts. Directors obviously directed the film. So there it is. Let's brew all out the computer, Brad. Here we go. Fire her up.
All right, Jen, what'd you get? <laughs> Very modern. I got, um, oh, okay, I got a water cooler pitch. Okay, that is the 60 second pitch. American 60 seconds, and I got Tom Hanks. Tom Hanks is the star of Armageddon. America's okay. Tom Hanks. America's Tom Hanks. Brad, what uh, what did the computer give you? Uh, I got a costume drama slash period piece. Okay. And a boardroom pitch, which is the one minute and thirty second version. Uh, me thinks you'll need all that time to make <laughs> this into a period piece. I I'm gonna need time. I'm gonna need. Prayers. I'm gonna need a lot of stuff to make this into a good period piece. Godspeed, good speed. Thank you so much, Stanley. <laughs> and uh, the computer gave me the elevator pitch, the dreaded 60-second rushed amateur pitch. Uh, 30 second. 30 second. Yes. Sorry. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Yeah. A fascist 30 seconds. <laughs> oh. <laughs> uh, to to get out the Armageddon prequel. Ooh. Mm. Oh. That sounds just fun. Just everyday life. <laughs> <laughs> so just a count of today. Yeah. Slice of life. <laughs> Welcome back. You're in the middle of milking it for high on film for uh, noted verbal abuser Michael Bay's Armageddon. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. We gotta do what we gotta do to make sure he is... Rightfully vilified. Annotated appropriately. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right, I'm starting off with the elevator pitch. 30 seconds for the Armageddon prequel. In three, two, one. All right, plucky AJ, he's out of work during a global pandemic, uh, and he's desperate for a job. Uh, he has his friend, Oscar Owen Wilson. Uh, he also out of work. He's thinking about going into Greenpeace. But instead, uh, he convinces him to go to work with him on an oil rig, like a la Stripes. Um, hilarious hijinks ensue as Harry Stamper uh, struggles with his rambunctious new recruits. Uh, they battle climate change activists, and his daughter falls for the rebellious AJ in Armageddon. Time. The beginning of the end. <laughs> we'll give it to you. All right, thanks. I'll take it. I'll take it. Yeah. You gotta get the byline. I, I think I got the attention enough to go garner that extra... Beginning the end is um, the elevator's closing. I think they'll give you that extra second. Thanks. Yeah. They'll say they let you because it's your podcast, but yeah. if you're okay with that. I love the precedent of setting rules just to break them in the very first episode. <laughs> <of that. laughs> All right, Jen. Yes. Uh, Armageddon, starring Tom Hanks. Yes. At a as a water cooler pitch, which gives you one American minute. One American minute. 60 U.S. seconds. Okay. Oh, my gosh. I can't believe those are the same thing. Let's do it. Yeah, yeah. All right. In three, two, one. Tom Hanks plays Evan Kind, a morning show radio host of a soft rock station. His cool tones and understanding heart have made him a global household name. Everyone wants to tune in to Be Kind with Kind. When a ragtag alien gang are coming to Earth for global domination, NASA and the U.S. government try to negotiate with forceful threats and military strength. This just angers the aliens more as they hurl towards Earth, sending warning bombs that take out Southeast Asia and New Zealand, like Armageddon. Well, not New Zealand, but, you know, it's smaller. They aren't responding to our threats. Get me kind. NASA calls in Evan Kind, the radio show host, to soothe the souls of these galactic ne'er-do-wells, and he does so in a series of thoughtful conversations and deep emotional connections. Evan Kind ends up saving the world with his understanding heart and smooth voice in 
one of a kind and it's still an action movie because like when one of a kind comes across the screen it breaks up into a million pieces and comes at the audience like you're you gotta get ready for time this. <laughs> always good to go into what the credit sequence is gonna look like well they go into the title in the beginning of the action <laughs> armageddon true. breaks up in a million pieces and comes at you like an asteroid so that's, true. that's important no. good point <laughs> okay brad that leaves you with the boardroom pitch Yes, it does. All right. <clears throat> Universal Studios executives are sitting in front of you for oh, 90 seconds. They're going to be blown away. Well, Mr. Davis, thank you for coming today. Would you like to give us our pitch in three, two... Boy, Michael. You're timing it? One. <laughs> uh, so in Victorian times, uh, Anthony James works for Sir Harold, but falls... For Lady Grace, Sir Harold's daughter, which is not okay with Sir Harold. Um, after uh, their secret affair has been revealed, much to everybody at the estate's dismay, um, we are we soon learn that uh, Sir Harold and Anthony James have both been drafted for the war, the Great War that is currently taking place. Um, Harold has no respect for Anthony the James. Great World War One? Not, no, 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 a different one. The one in Victorian times. Um, Please let him finish. <laughs> but uh, Harold, Sir Harold, of course, has no respect for Anthony James. They're put into the same um, uh, cavalry, and and while and do become equals there, even though they aren't in real life. So they are just like soldiers side by side. Uh, Anthony James. Um, uh, oh, I'm sorry. While in battle, Anthony James takes a bullet for Sir Harold. Uh, jumps in front of him last second. Uh, Sir Harold thanks him and now appreciates him and respects him. But when Sir Harold stays behind to protect him, uh, people try to come kill him. Sir Harold saves him. Anthony James has to go back to Lady Grace and tell her what happened. And uh, the end of everything. Boom. <sighs> Started slow. Had to pick up at the end. Boy. It's tough to pace that out. That's it like, is tough yeah. to pace that out. Oof, new stuff. It is. The end of everything. The end of everything. Your, your mellow, your, your period piece, costume drama. Yes. Yes. Not bad. Yeah. Not a bad interpretation, actually. I was really skeptical going into that, being like, how's Brad going to do this? I was certainly skeptical about two-thirds of the way through that. So. <laughs> well, great, guys. Yeah, great job, everybody. I, I think uh, I think we just sold three more movies. Oh, you wow. do? I do. What a great use of my time. <laughs> you know, that's a great transition because I think this was a great use of everyone's time. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to the uh, re-inaugural episode of High on Film. The reboot. The reboot. <laughs> the reboot. High on Film 2. Hot to handle. <laughs> All right. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, it can't just be like higher on film. Right. Yeah. That's not oh, good. right. Yeah. I yeah. Don't want that. High on film too. Still smoking. Still smoking. <laughs> still smoking. High on film too. Still smoking. Well, guys, that brings us to our very last segment. Uh, it's uh, how you end every Super Bowl win. Jen Murray, you just saw Armageddon. What are you gonna do next? I'm gonna tell everybody to go to my Instagram, uh, Jennifer Lynn Murray, only one and in Lynn, and check out the That's What Sh She Said. 
pilot that I shot in the beginning of this year before the world turned off. So <laughs> please go and watch some sketches from it. I'd really appreciate it. And uh, keep listening to this podcast, you guys. It's so much fun. And uh, be on it if you can. Yeah, yeah. Uh, highly endorse the That's What She Said uh, sketch show. Very funny pilot. Thank you so much. So I appreciate that. Thanks. 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 Excellent. Excellent pilot. Brad Davis, you just watched Armageddon. What are you going to do next? I mean, I guess I'm going to watch Deep Impact next. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I guess what I will also do next is... Uh, I guess go maybe watch Moonlighting episodes. Bruce Willis won an Emmy for Moonlighting. Yeah, which, he's very famous for Moonlighting. That's like I, what brought is. him into. No, no, no. I, I know that he's famous for that. I just never realized he was award-winning famous for that. <laughs> I, I knew that was kind of obviously his breakout role, him and Sybil Shepherd. Yeah. But and I knew their chemistry was off the charts, and it's kind of the famous will they, won't they? One of the more famous ones that kind of then fell off a cliff once they did, apparently. Um, but I can't believe that guy won an Emmy for that. So I'm kind of intrigued to watch that, I guess. Yeah. So, Absolutely. yeah, I might do that next. I'm excited for you. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if it's available anywhere. Call in, let us know. Yeah. <laughs> Call in. Uh, Chris, you just watched Armageddon. What are you going to do next? I guess I'm just going to tell people to... Get on my Twitter, uh, at Cross Maxwell. That's Chris with an O in place of the I. And uh, I'll just drop this out here. Maybe a nice time to brush up on season one of Death at Sunset. Yes. Because, you know, maybe in four to... You know, I'm not going to give a number. Yeah, don't give a number yet. But maybe a nice time to brush up on Death at Sunset. Four uh, American minutes. Four <laughs> American minutes. Uh, and of course... Tune in next week to hear part two of our Fraternal Twin double feature to find out which film has the deeper impact. Ooh. Yeah. Yeah. Jen, thank you so much for being Thanks here Thanks for having me. I'm so glad you guys are back. This yeah. is great. Oh, I'm so glad to be back. Um, we will see you next week. Brad, thank you as always, my friend. It's so good to be back, buddy. Mm, feels great to stretch the muscles. <laughs> hey, guys, we love you so much. Goodbye. High on Film is a Maxwell Davis Productions podcast. For more information, follow at High on Film on Twitter and Instagram, or email the High on Film Show at gmail.com. Original music by Zach Pfeiffer, and special thanks to Carly Walsh for lending her voice to this episode. Oxygen check. Wiper fluid. Fluid check. Mission ready. Confirm. Mission ready. Stand by for liftoff. I can't believe how easy astronaut school was. Seriously. One week of training and I think we're the best ones here. You absolutely were not. So, what's everyone going to say when we blast off? Dibs on to infinity and beyond. Damn it. Come on, you're not even an astronaut. I call to boldly go where no one has gone before. Uh, oh boy, okay. I call uh, in space no one can hear you scream. Good lord, what are you trying to do to us? Is that true?